No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you are. It's Friday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 6 p.m. for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a lovely day because I certainly did. As always, we've got so much to get through in so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. You can become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to wish me luck in tonight's epic event, an epic once-in-a-lifetime event, we'll sell you a ticket for the whole seat. But you'll only need the edge. 8 p.m. tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Myself and uh, the head of the Boogie Stand Car Patrols in Boogie Stand, Phil D'Angelo, ladies and gentlemen, host of Winning TV, we will be facing off, facing off against a couple of chicks, and we're going to destroy them bitches, I'm telling you. <clears throat> That's tonight, Irrational Times. In fact, I tell you what, let's just do a little promo. By the way, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, of course, streamlabs.com slash boogiebumper, or <laughs> intermittently, you can leave some succulent little lemons, those soury little suckers, and leave those in my fruit bowl, ladies and gentlemen, on dlive.tv slash boogiebumper. So a little bit of a promo. What's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight? I'll let the great Irrational Times and the lovely assistant explain it for us. This Friday, please join us at a special time for Chattaboot. This week, once again, it's Chicks versus Dicks. With Boogie Bumper and Phil from Winning yeah. TV versus his co-host, Doc Martin, Boo. and Sandra from Coffee Talk with Boo. Sandra. So please join us this Friday, one hour earlier than usual at 8 p.m. Eastern, because you never know what we're going to Chattaboot. Chattaboot. There you go. So I, myself and Phil D'Angelo on Chattaboot tonight. That's 8 p.m. Happy tonight. Hanukkah, my hey, Happy Hanukkah, Hey, Happy Hanukkah. Oh, Sinister Charlie pipped three dollars. Thank you, Charlie. Hello, you son of a beasting. Yes. Those girls suck. They do. They do indeed. They do indeed. Thank you, Sinister Charlie. Very generous of you. Yes, those girls suck, and we're going to make sure that they suck, and we're going to make sure that they suck us publicly on a stream. We're going to force them to suck it. Wait. just been informed by my wife who's listening in that I should not say that I'm going to force women to suck me on live streams. I have to do better apparently. Okay, tell you what, we're going to rape those women. No, we're not going to. In a game sense, look, we're going to win, okay? Simple as that. 
Um, we're just going to win. We're going to beat them mercilessly. Oh, come on. What can I say? For fuck's sake. Is there nothing I'm allowed to say? Look, all right. How about this? We're going to we're going to gag them and bound them and then leave them in a creek bed. Can we say that? Is that all right? Can we do that? Look, we're going to smash those cunts. All right, so uh, that's tonight, 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. Battle of the Sexes, Chicks versus the Dicks. Myself and Phil D'Angelo. Uh, and join us tonight because who knows, we may be in prison next time. So you don't want to miss out. DLive.tv slash Irrational Times. The wonderful Kitty B putting the links in the chat. There you go. Any one of those links will do nicely. And you can see myself and Phil taking on uh, taking on Coffee Talk with Sandra and Doc Martin from the Speakeasy, or as I like to call them, our victims, ladies and gentlemen. It's Friday night. We've got so much to get through. And you know what? There's so much negativity in the world. <laughs> yes, Kitty V. You are threatening them ladies with a good time. <laughs> Your Honour. <laughs> There's so much negativity in the world, and I want to bring you a little bit of positive. Let's start the weekend off the right way, shall we? So when somebody does a good thing on Twitter, when somebody come, when somebody does something that makes us smile, I feel like it's my responsibility to bring that to you, to, you know, just inject a little bit of positivity into this endless cycle of hell and nightmarish shit over and over and over again. So I present to you, this was shared with me by um, Pseudo Echo, who, not Pseudo Echo, the band, our friend Unity Day Troy, ladies and gentlemen, who picked this up and said, this is some PR magistry right here. Have a look at this. This is fucking fantastic. The good people at Applebee's, ladies and gentlemen, put out a tweet before. Notes of vodka, hints of fresh lemon, a raspberry finish, our findings from a tasting of this season's $1 vodka raspberry lemonade harvest. Sounds incredible. Now, they were replied to by this particular person who said, and I quote, My mother was murdered in one of your restaurants and the killer was never found. It's very positive. My mother was murdered in one of your restaurants and the killer was never found. To which somebody else replied, is this real? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, and so on. To which Applebee's replied and said, it's real. We're featuring the $1 vodka raspberry lemonade the entire month. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Fucking well done, (laughs) Applebee's. I don't know. That just made me fucking laugh. Yes, it's real. $1 $1 vodka drinks here at Applebee's for the entire month. <laughs> Absolute legends. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Why are you trying to bring everybody down in this thread with your with your constant talk about your murdered mother? Huh? What's wrong with you? Stop trying to be a downer, man. Uh, Leo Von Puzel with the diamond. Thank you, Leo Von Puzel. All right. Let's get into some shit here. Because Ted Cruz has been getting his little text, his little Canadian ass paddled for the last 48 hours. Red Raw. Because he took a little family trip to Cancun while the rest of his state is buried under, you know, mountains of snow. Now, these these kinds of outrage campaigns, I really... It's, it's all about the campaign. 
these are one of those things where it's just all about the optics, you know what I mean? Because in reality, Ted Cruz can't make it stop snowing. He can't do anything to get the power back any quicker, right? He j people are just angry that he's not there. And then it's it's kind of worse if you're not there, but then you're also, you know, lazing on the beach, drinking cocktails in, in you know, bright sunshine and warmth. That, that irks people. So I don't really buy in to the outrage campaigns. But what I do appreciate now is that in 2021, you know, You've heard the term flogging a dead horse. You've heard the term jumping the shark, right? In a media sense, this used to take at least a week because we would go through all of the various outrage angles, right? So first of all, outrage. Ted Cruz is in Cancun while the rest of us are buried under snow. And then that will progress to like doing interviews with somebody whose, you know, grandmother died because of the snow while Ted Cruz was in Cancun. And then we'll do another interview with somebody who said, well, my grandmother and my children died in the snow because Ted Cruz was over in Cancun. And then you'll get like another story from like, say, an air hostess who says Ted Cruz was laughing about the snow back in Texas. I heard him say, um, you know, about time all of those Mexicans get a dose of European justice. I heard him say that. And then that'll be so. And then they progress to like the absurd angles of the story once every other well has been tapped dry. But now in 2021, because there's so many clickbait articles and so many people trying to earn their five cents a, a, a click by sharing this shit, the angles just get progressively worse in a much shorter space of time. So I present to you my favorite Ted Cruz story. This is the moment when you realize the Ted Cruz outrage campaign has come to jump the shark. This is when you realize it's over because this story made me smile and I hope this makes you feel better. If you're in Texas right now, I know a couple of my listeners are in Texas. Uh, Bumpy the butt plug lives in Texas. He was shipped down to Texas to live with Ambelina. So, uh, you know, for my American brothers and sisters, specifically the Texans, this one's for you. Happy Hanukkah, hey! my Winning underscore TV tipped five dollars. Thank you. We will redeem the dicks tonight. Yes. The girls' team will regret letting the boys play tonight. Yes, absolutely they will. Thank you, Winning TV. Let's see what he's got. Uh, no, I've never competed against her before. No. She's not exactly your average trans athlete. Well, what is an average trans athlete? Honestly, I find that kind of bigoted, David. Okay. Heather Swanson is actually joining us now. Miss Swanson, how does it feel to be competing today? I can't tell you how free exactly. I feel now that I've started identifying as a woman. Yes. Now that I can compete as female, I'm ready to smash the other girls. Exactly. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? I'm not here to talk about my transition. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is exactly what I'm going for tonight, Phil. When we take on those women, because, you know, there's too many in Battle of the Sexes style... In the, in the battle of the sexist style competitions that you see in popular culture, they always pick these mincing men who are, like, ashamed to defeat a woman brutally in public. That can't be us, man. We need to do this to restore the pride of mankind. Happy not womankind, not humankind, mankind. Oh, Free Halo rides tipped $5. Thank you, sir. Take this money, you bigot. Okay, I will. I will, you fucking lesbian. <laughs>
Free Hilo Ride says, take this money, you bigot. Okay, you dyke bitch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so this is exactly what I'm going for. I have a great deal of trouble explaining to people, you know, because my favourite moment, like once upon a time, not that long ago, maybe last year sometime, I got a DM from somebody on Twitter, right? After I was tweeting shit out, you know, my usual sarcastic shit. And this person DM'd me and said, like, sometimes you get sometimes you get messages like this when you do podcasts and stuff. Even though this is a kind of small podcast, I've had a couple of these little weird little interactions. So somebody got in touch with me and said something like, Hey Boogs, I really like what you do. I'm not gonna tell you who they are. Hey Boogs, I like what you do, but then you know, you're supporting like John McAfee and stuff, and then you're making jokes about Republicans and Christians. Um, why? You know, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I appreciate the stuff that you do that's like going after communists and left-wingers, but I think you should really tone this other stuff down. Something, it was along those lines. They were trying very hard to be polite, okay? But essentially they said, I don't know when you're being sarcastic or not. To which I replied, um, you are a valued member of my audience and I appreciate your feedback. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> then I deleted the message. Figure that out. <laughs> so, you know, when I say that I want all of the world's best female athletes to be transgender athletes, I'm not being sarcastic. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Thank you for the diamond, Coffee Talk with Sandra. I'll remember the diamond. I'm going to beat it into your skull metaphorically tonight when we play this game. I'm going to take the diamonds that you've given me, put them in a sock, and then beat you to death with them. On, in a game show sense. Not really. Not really going to do that. I can't afford the plane tickets. God. And I mean, do I really want to go over there to where you live? I mean, you know, I live in a nice place. Coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mmm. Mmm. We'll see. She's not impressed. <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra with another diamond. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I know what you're doing. I know what you're fucking doing, sneaky Sandra. I know what you're doing. You're trying to butter me up. Coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. I expect nothing less. See, see, she's not feeding into the cycle. She's trying to play the game that I would normally play which is, you know, play the nice guy before the result. After the result, be the first one to congratulate them when you lose. But if you win, destroy them. <laughs> gloat, gloat, <laughs> gloat to the point of people wanting to put a bullet in your head. Just be nice up until the event, then win, then gloat. That's what she's doing. Yes. JJ Stoner with the diamond. <laughs> Oh, fucking, we've, we've, we've touched a nerve here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Seems like the vaginas are getting restless out there. JJ Stoner with the diamond. Go team penis. Absolutely. Smash those gashes. 44420. Thank you, sir. Coffee talk with Sandra. You know nothing. Coffee talk with Sandra. It is on. <laughs> Minister of fun. Give me with the diamond. I get one thrust in the diamond ray. There you go. One thrust and only one thrust. 
<laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra. Absolutely keep me. Foggy in the chat with a great comment. Fucking Diamond Wars. It's Sierra Leone all over again. <laughs> Let's get back to it here. Let's get <laughs> Rosa. Rosa. Frozen Asian with the diamond. Better. Uh, good luck. Do better than we did. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're hoping for. I mean, the upside of Frozen Asian and Spent D being, Spent D being you know, humiliated in the competition last week is that there are no expectations on myself and Phil. Like, nobody's expecting a big come-from-behind victory here. So, why is my intro playing again? Fuck, I don't like that. That's bad. So, yes, we will be hoping to square the ledger. We're hoping to get it back on even keel. And tonight, the men will be victorious. Glorious in battle. Coffee Talk Cassandra with the diamond. Kimmy rocked it. Eh, Kimmy was probably the best. There is there is um, a criticism of last week's contenders that I will be raising on the show tonight with Irrational Times and the lovely assistant at 8pm. DLive.tv slash Irrational Times. I'm not going to raise it here. I'm going to save it for the show. But you'll see what I'm talking about. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond. Not true, Boogie. You have lots of pressure. That's not true because if I lose, I'll just say I, was, I wasn't I was taking it seriously and I was only doing joke answers. So, <laughs> there, there goes that narrative. Minister of Fun Kimmy, Kitty and I beat them very well. You did. You were glorious in victory. All right, let, let's get back into this. Come on now. Because I, I need to touch on this topic because this is very important. You need to know this shit. And I love when stories jump sharks. Ted Cruz slammed for reportedly leaving pet poodle home alone during Cancun trip. <laughs> Not the poodle. Not the dog. <laughs> Senator Ted Cruz is in the doghouse with some critics who blasted him for reportedly leaving his pet pooch Snowflake at home amid freezing temperatures as he and the rest of the family jetted off to Cancun, Mexico. No Cancun for poor little Snowflake. <laughs> poor little Snowflake. The Republican lawmakers claimed in the wake of public outrage that he was merely escorting his preteen daughters on their trip with friends, noting that, like millions of his fellow Texans, his family had lost heat and water. Michael Hardy, a reporter for the New York Magazine's Intelligencer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know that feeling when you get like a cold shiver down the back of your neck? That's what I got reading the name of that publication. I can only imagine how fucking bad it is. The Intelligencer. Oh, <laughs> fuck it. You show me somebody who's reading The Intelligencer on the subway and I will show you a pretentious fucking twat. God almighty. Michael Hardy. Uh, Mr. Cruz, I'm Michael, Michael Hardy. I'm with The Intelligencer. <laughs> he said he decided to pay a visit to Cruz's Houston home in the exclusive River Oaks neighbourhood where he spotted a white dog peering out of a pane of glass in the front door. <laughs> I love this so much. I love this so much. Because remember, remember the other day when we were, we were laughing about 
The Washington Post had a story, who's feeding the dogs in the White House? Who's feeding Major and Champ? Who picks up their poop from the lawn? I don't know. These We need to find the answers to these questions many more. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this guy... I guess this I guess this is fucking investigative journalism now. <laughs> He's gone to the home of home of Ted Cruz while they're in Cancun. And look, you have to see this photo is so fucking amazing. <laughs> He's printed this photo. He's like, oh my god, Ted Cruz has left his fucking dog at home while they've gone on vacation. Look at this. <laughs> Snowflake, look at him there. Look at poor little Snowflake looking out of the window. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, you obviously can't see the the image on the screen here, but. There's this picture of this adorable little white dog. Uh, the photo was taken at the Cruz household. And this poor little white dog locked inside the house. And I think Cabaret probably described it best on Twitter when he said it looks like a hostage photograph. You know when they have to hold up the newspaper to show what date it is? <laughs> They've got this and they put the circle around him looking all forlorn and doom and gloom. Oh, God. Like I said, this is the moment when the Ted Cruz story jumps the shark. Now it's over. Now it's over is a legitimate criticism. The man who identified himself as a security guard said it was said it was, and the senator wasn't home. When asked who was taking care of the lonely mutt in the presumably chilly house, the guard said he was. In 2014, Cruz identified the dog as a rescue puppy named Snowflake. So it's another rescue dog. Look at that adorable fucking doggo, though. Look at him. Look at him. Aw. How could you not take him to Cancun with you? How can you... Senator. Senator Cruz, how can you let this adorable mutt fucking freeze to death, you disgusting piece of fucking shit? How could you... While you're off holidaying. Where he posted an, a photo of the forlorn animal. Just drove by. Just drive by. This is a quote from somebody. Just drove by Ted Cruz's house in Houston. His lights are off, but a neighbor told me he got his block. Uh, that the block got its power back. I'm very, very jumpy. Happy Hanukkah, my hey, nigga. Happy Hanukkah. Okay. Minister of Fun underscore Kimmy you, Kimmy. three dollars. With no comment. She did send this, though. How much yes. is that doggy in the window? <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. <laughs> How much is that doggy in the window? I do hope that dog is for sale. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Absolutely. Poor little, t poor little snowflake cruise. Just drove by Ted Cruz's house in Houston. His lights are off, but a neighbor told me the block got its power back last night. Also, 
Ted appears to have left behind the family poodle. Snowflake, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and I feel terribly sorry. I feel incredibly bad for this poor little snowflake who you know is doing it so tough in this multi-million dollar home. <laughs> with a, with a, with, remember, Snowflake has his own personal security guard gu guarding him. How many of you in the audience have a security guard guarding you at night? A security guard is, quote, looking after Snowflake. <laughs> oh, but he left Snowflake at home, in the house, in the million-dollar villa on his own. How awful. Terrible for Snowflake. All right. <laughs> like I said, that is my favourite story of the whole Ted Cruz affair. Poor little Snowflake being left at home alone. Now, on the back of that, I want to bring you this. This was shared by Amberlina, who is a Texan. Amberlina, friends with Bumpy the Butt Plug. Just sticking on the Texas theme, we haven't done any carton arcs for a long time. It's been months and months and months, so I thought it's time we check in because I don't think they get into Texas very often. And even though I'm a big supporter of the carton arcs, I love the work that they do. Obviously, we promote them on this show. Uh, we even have our own Kartnark-inspired cart patrols in the nation of Boogistan, led by the one and only Winning TV, of course. So, you know, we're obviously big supporters of what they do. But there is a part of me that wants to eventually one day see the Kartnark be, you know, shot in the face by somebody in a parking lot and have it all caught on camera. So a, a part of me, even though I don't really want it to happen, I don't want it to happen, but I want to see it. You know what I mean? And I know as soon as it happens, I'll feel bad for, for wanting to see it happen. But don't you as well? Isn't that part of the charm of the Kartnarks? Suspecting that one day, maybe at some point, somebody is going to blow this fucking guy away. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's always there in the background. It's always looming. And I guess if we're heading to Texas, hey, maybe we've got an opportunity. Maybe this man that is about to be approached in this parking lot in Texas is just as heartless as Senator Ted Cruz, who leaves his dog, his rescue dog Snowflake at home while he kicks it up in fucking Cancun. The pathetic, pathetic senator. Piece of shit. So let's see what, what's happening with the car patrols in the great state of Texas. Classic, classic again, the carton architeers. Yeah, that looks like a oh, curbing. Four-quarter four grass in it. Yep. And in his work truck, nonetheless. It's already in the door, so we're gonna approach from the front. Weepski, wheelie, weepski, weepski. That's not where the car goes, sir. Come on now. Yep. Said, so you know the cars don't go there, sir. Agent Cordell here, oh. Cordell Now, I would already be a little apprehensive because if you can see here, ladies and gentlemen, look very carefully. There is an American flag on the door of the work van. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. When you're approaching people who have American flag stickers, not even on their bumpers, but just on the door of the car. I mean, what up? We're a kitten's whisker away from the Dukes of Hazard here. You know what I mean? He probably doesn't even open the door. He just jumps in through the fucking window into his work van. What's he got in the back of the work van? I bet a whole bunch of, you know, black teenagers. Windowless white van, exactly. He's got a whole van full of black children there. Obviously. So you need to be very careful when approaching an individual like this. The, the signs, the danger signs are already here. Go there, sir. Agent Cordell here, Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals. 
Minister Fun Kimmy with the diamond. There's a gun in our van. Well, there could be. There's there is a cute little doggo though. There's one of those adorable weasel. That's that looks like a pedophile dog too. <laughs> it looks like. Looks like. That looks like the kind of dog a dangerous, racist, gun-toting, you know, Texan would have. I think. You know, let's be honest here. It's not. It's not just like the liberals, and it's not just the communists that leave their carts out. It's also the extreme right wing because they're happy. You know, I'll, I'll just leave this for a Mexican to do. This is Mexican work. You know. So, oi, terrible accent there, boys. <laughs> carry on. You think you're gonna get it for me? No, sir. I'm a cart narc. I narc out people that don't get the car. Charlie says that's a whip it. Whip it good, huh? Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah let them know. Yeah, I, I, I did that. I did it. I went there. I hope you don't mind. Do, 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 do. Whip it good. But in this, on this occasion, it's going to be whip it bad, I suspect, because this man does not look impressed. Let him know I didn't put it back. Well, I'm going to let you know first. I'm giving you a chance to redeem yourself. Oh, no, I'm good. Why? How <laughs> you doing? <laughs> Sorry, man. I hope you have a good day. Well, I'm going to give you our bumper hood of... Uh... Hey, oh, well, it's a Sir, do not... Touch the vehicle. Do not touch the vehicle. It's more of a service vehicle than a car. Don't touch my, this, is, this is my company. It's my truck. Don't touch it. Well, this, this is just a magnet. Don't, don't do it. Don't put that shit it's on It's non-marking, sir. Don't, don't put that shit on See, my again, if you had have just taken the cart back, you wouldn't be drawn into this fucking conversation now. They always end up spending way more time arguing the fact than just putting the cart back. Because look, he's about to jump out of the fucking car again. He's about to jump out of the work vehicle. It's like, well, if you if you're willing to get out, let's just let's just take the cart back. Come on. It's not that difficult. I don't care if you do have an American flag on the door. I don't care if you do have a dozen black children in the back of the van. Don't do it. Uh, Shake 771 with the diamond. Thank you for Shakes. I don't care what kind of, you know, federal crimes you're harboring here in this little death wagon. Just get out and take the cart back. Well, let me see, you see what it says? Oh! 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 I did not see that the first time. I did not see that the first time. Holy shit. I didn't know he was going to do that. <laughs> put the X tag on. <laughs> if you're a podcast listener, what happened? Uh, the Cartnarks, they slowed down the footage and you see the guy take a Glock. I think it's a Glock. He takes a nine millimeter pistol, whatever it is, out of somewhere out of his pocket I suspect and actually fucking cocks the weapon <laughs> holy shit over a shopping cart mate come on I thought it was a meme angry white guys willing to pull out their guns for no reason apparently <laughs> stay back <laughs> Stay back! Stay the fuck back! <laughs> aim! Aim! Stay back! Fucking hell. 
the Texas Andy Worski. It's more of a service vehicle than a car. This is, my, this, is, this is my company, this is my truck, don't touch it. Well, this, this is just a magnet. Don't, don't do it, don't put that shit It's non-marking, sir. Don't, don't put that There he goes, well, there he goes. Oh, brandishing. <laughs> this fucking guy. So, I just, I, 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 I swear to God, when I was saying at the start of this clip, don't we all hope that one day, even though we don't want it to happen, we want to see it happen, where one of the Cartnarks gets shot in the face by somebody in the parking lot? I, I swear to God, I hadn't watched this clip. I didn't know he was going to pull a gun out. I swear to God. This is amazing. <laughs> so the gun comes out. How will the Cartnarks react? Remember, we've watched a clip before where the Cartnark, uh, remember when the guy was waving a knife around in his face? He he put a bumper sticker on that guy's car, I think it was five times, while the guy kept flicking it off with the knife and waving the knife around in his face. The Cartnark kept going back. But that was Agent Sebastian. He was the original Cartnark, the first Cartnark. This is a different guy. This is Agent Cordell, right? So Sebastian, I think, is like a way more OG chill as fuck kind of guy. I don't know if Cordell's ever been pressured like this before, but let's see. You see what it says? There it is. The weapon. Wow, what a fucking tool. Oh, look, he even, he even tried to do it like a cool guy. Do you see that? <laughs> he tried to do the big motion where you flick it back, flick the barrel back and like let it go all in like a cool way. God, I was I was praying for an accidental discharge right through the windshield. <laughs> Shit! The dog starts screaming because it's got shards of glass in its eyes. Those big sticky outy eyes that those little fuckers have. <laughs> Please let him shoot his own leg, Foggy in the chat. Oh yeah, he cocked it. He tried to do it all cool and Sir, shit that's too. A gun. Whoa! Oh, he, uh, just brandished a weapon at me. That is the first for the cart arcs. And he's out of there. <laughs> Quick as a flash, Agent Cordell left the scene. And he's like, whoa, that's gone. <laughs> I have to see that again. Well, he's he's brand he's still trying to be calm about. He's he goes, well, he's brandishing a weapon at me. That's a first for the cart dogs. That's gone. Bye. <laughs> it's non-marking, sir. Don't, don't put that shit on my phone. Well, let me see, you see what it says? Fuck me. Sir, that's a gun. All right, he uh, just brandished a weapon at me. That is the first for the court narcs. Gonna... I've, got, I've got to ask, is he allowed to do that? Is this one of those things where it's going to depend on the state or something? Is he allowed to pull the gun out and cock it like that? I don't know. Does, because, like... I don't know. It doesn't really count as like a self-defense encounter, does he? Or because Texas is open carry, though, is he allowed to do that? I don't know. I don't know. You tell me in the chat.
Okay, a few people are saying no. Shake says maybe. Amberlina is saying in Texas you can protect your property. Sinister Charlie saying brandishing is a crime. See, that's a tricky one, man. I don't know. People are like, eh, it seems like one of those grey area things. Ilsa Jane saying if someone accosts your property, yes. Brandishing would be waving it around. Okay, yeah. But I can see how like a clever lawyer, I can see how a lawyer could argue either way of this. Is the Just the simple fact that like, there's all where we've all got like different opinions on it. I don't know. I was asking, but the fact that the whole chat has like a different take on it would suggest to me that it's a bit gray area. Like it's it's not clear cut. It's not black and white. You know what I mean? So the fact that it's gray area usually means that someone will get into trouble if somebody else wants them to get into trouble, or somebody will get off if somebody else wants them to get off. Right? If it's not a clear cut thing. So, I don't know. But I, you know, <laughs> honestly though, let's let's be fucking real here. Are you going to are you going to shoot a guy over a bumper sticker? Come on. But uh, you know, I'll be the one that says it'll never happen here and then someone will shoot me while I'm trying to put a bumper sticker on their car. And I'll say to them, I didn't think anybody would shoot me over a bumper sticker and they'll go, "Good night, nigga." <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, Stranger Things, people have been shot over dumber shit before. Keep playing the video. He talks to the cops, really? Okay. Get some data. We're going to get some distance between the services. Hands are up. Don't shoot. We are not a uh, violent organization, the Carton Arcs. I don't know, man. Uh, Carton Arcs. By the way, that is that we've had uh, two different people up to this point threaten to shoot us. That's the first gun that's been pulled on the card arcs. So, wow. Uh, things are a little more wild out here in Texas. We get that. <laughs> the arcs do not carry. Well, you know, that's just the way we do things around here in Texas. It's a little wilder. We go to a little bit more of extremes here in Texas. And good old stars at night are big and bright. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Woo! Somebody think about poor old Snowflake at home, though. Because we are a, a peaceful organization. Peace-loving organization. See, Man. that's that's the difference between the cart narcs and the cart patrols of Boogie Stan. Uh, Dank Peepee in the chat, which is a great name. Dank Peepee in the chat said earlier, just arrest everybody who doesn't take their cart back. No, that defeats the purpose of it. That defeats the purpose. The whole purpose of the cart test is knowing, like, is this person a fit? Is this person a productive member of society or not? You know what I mean? Now, in the nation of Boogistan, of which I am king, the kingdom of Boogistan, your king decrees that we are like a libertarian society in almost every aspect except parking lots. Parking lots is where we enforce brutal, swift, fascist justice on the population, ladies and gentlemen. So... In Boogie Stan, we don't even arrest you if you don't take your cart back. We don't. What we do in Boogie Stan is we have a team of highly trained crack personnel, and we pay them in crack, who sit on tops of buildings, right? And if you don't take your cart back, if you get back to your car, and the moment you put your hand on the door handle of your car, 
You're taken out by a sniper. Done. Silenced sniper round to the back of the head. And then we just disappear. We drive you out into the desert and dump you. Because you're not the kind of person that we want in Boogie Stand. That's the only place where we enforce that kind of brutal justice is in the parking lot. Because we don't have to stand for it. We're not living with animals here. Everywhere, as soon as you're outside the parking lot, you can do whatever the fuck you want, man. But in the parking lot, absolutely not. There's no there's no discussion. There's no friendly. You'll be begging for the cart narcs by the time we're done with you. There's no friendly discussion, no bumper sticker, no intervention, no arrest, right? No, no talking at all. Just the moment you don't take that cart back and you start walking back to your car, done. Take him out. Get rid of him. Because that's how we roll. We take out the trash. Dank Peepy said, that's a country I would want to live in. Well, you're more than welcome. You've passed the test already. Let's see. All right, let's see him talking to the cops here. Being said, it cannot be legal to brandish. I don't think that was loaded, though. I didn't see a bullet going into the chamber. Mm. Either way, it cannot be legal to brandish a firearm at someone who is nicely asking you to put your cart back. <laughs> and who had not even, to that point, touched your car or your work truck. Or, and uh, was no, not threatening your guard dog either. He's rattled. He's a little rattled, this guy. Which, you know, I, you know, fair enough. Fair enough, I guess. You never know. This is the thing. When you're doing this IRL shit, you never know the person you're dealing with when you go up to fuck with them. You just don't. That's what I would never do IRL stuff. I've, you know, I'm 38 years old now. I've been around long enough. I've been working nights. I've been working nights in Sydney for about 20 years. I I know the kind of people that are out there in the alleyways at nighttime in Sydney, right? At two in the morning. You never know the kind of person you're fucking with when you go up to them on the street and start fucking with them. So even though, yes, the Cartonax is a very righteous cause and all of that, like I said, deep down, there is a part of me that wants to see, you know, one of them get shot in the face. <laughs> Not, I, I, again, I have to stress, I don't want it to happen. I, it, I would be distraught if I saw it. I, I only want what's best for the Cartonarchs. We support their organization. But a sick part of me, the little devil sitting on my shoulder says, you know, wouldn't it be great if this guy just put a couple of rounds in his fucking face? You know, I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm completely desensitized now. But that's the risk you run, man. Going up to strangers and fucking with them, you never know who's who the other guy is. You don't know what a you don't know what kind of a day the other person's having, you know? Just leave them alone. <laughs> um so I don't know if he just keeps that pistol in the in the truck to scare people away. Uh, which clearly in this case it some could argue that it did work. I mean what the hell are you supposed to do? It's a People like to make jokes about Australia not having guns, which isn't true. I'm a registered firearm owner myself. So, you know, that's obviously not true. But I used to know a guy back in the day, because people make jokes about Australians not having guns. And, like, to be honest, we don't have the kinds of guns that you pull out at fucking parking lots when somebody tries to put a bumper stick. We don't have that here. But there is a very strong gun culture in Australia. But... What he said there, maybe he just has the pistol in his van to scare people away. I used to know a guy when I was 17, 18, who used to keep a tomahawk in his car for that reason. 
Now, I would argue, right, that, yeah, if someone pulls a gun out, it can be pretty scary. But in a road rage incident, that is nowhere near as terrifying for the other person as the guy pulling out a fucking tomahawk. That's that's scary. Because <laughs> it's one thing like, I'm going to fucking shoot you in the head. Whatever. But when the guy jumps out with a tomahawk at a set of traffic lights and says, I'm going to hack you to death, then that's fucking terrifying, my friends. You don't always need a gun. <laughs> a tomahawk will scare the literal shit out of people. The shit will come flying like a torrent out of their asshole, get up and run down the road, screaming when somebody pulls a tomahawk out. Exactly. Kimmy, I'd rather be shot than hacked to death. Well, see, we're having fun here on Friday. It's a gun, you know. You sit there and take a bullet, which I would for the cards, but this case was unnecessary. Funny, <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> Alright, I take it all back. I take it all back. <laughs> how how could I ever doubt the Cartnarks? Will you ever fucking forgive me? I take it all back. <laughs> he said uh God, he said I would take a bullet for the carts. <laughs> In this case, it, some could argue that it did work. I mean, what the hell are you supposed to do? It's a, it's a gun, you know? You sit there and take a bullet, which I would for the carts, but this case was unnecessary. <laughs> yes. Take a bullet for the carts, my man. All right, I take it all back. <laughs> He's a hero again. Funny, I didn't see a bullet load into the chamber there, but uh, again, you got a treat. Oh, hey, there's police, police. I can get him. What? Oh, come on, dude. You're snitching. <laughs> you're snitching on this guy who, who had who pulled his gun out when you tried to put a bumper sticker on his car. <laughs> and you know what? The guy deserves to be arrested. Not necessarily for any violation of any firearm law. The guy deserves to be arrested for being a fucking idiot for doing it in his company van. In his company van. That's 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 enough to be an, an arrest charge right there. Okay, so you kind of pseudo-threatened a guy with a firearm. Yeah. But you did it in the work truck? <laughs> with the fucking big phone number, you know? Jim's Plumbing. 1-500 sort of a fucking idiot are you <laughs> yes shakes in the chat the cart narcs are now talking to the regular narcs <laughs> some of the music okay so i even spoke to my supervisor about it and in his mind is exactly where mine is it doesn't quite meet the elements of the classy misdemeanor brandishing is actually different in texas it's got to be a little bit different Right. But this would come under, if it met the full elements of it, would be a classy misdemeanor, which would be disorderly conduct by displaying a firearm. Okay. However, it kind of has in there that it's on somebody else's property, it's in his own truck, he doesn't know what's going on. I'm, I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying that's what he's going to say. Wow, base Texas, huh? Based fucking Texas. Maureen in the chat, what if that was Jim, the owner of the business? No, even worse. If he's the owner of the business, that's even dumber. You know what I mean? That's even dumber. 
Like, it's one thing if an employee does it and you're like, oh, fuck, you can just fire him. But if you do it as the owner of a business, you know, and you get, like, bad press or bad reputation or a court case or something out of it, then you're the one that's going to lose all your, your money. You're the one that's going to lose the house. You know what I mean? So, so the cops are like, yeah, too fucking bad. <laughs> I, 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 to be fair, I'm struggling to find a bad guy in all of this. I like the cart narc because he's prepared to take a bullet for the carts. I like the cops because they're like, well, pretty much, you know, here in Texas, here in Texas, we aren't faggots. <laughs> well, you know, here in Texas, things have got, it's got to commit to, basically, he has to jump out of that truck there and uh, pistol whip you, and then he's got to put a couple of bullets in your anus. That's, and then it's going to be a class one misdemeanor. So he's probably going to get, you know, like, say, a $200 fine. He gonna have to pay, don't worry, he gonna have to pay for mopping the blood up off the sidewalk, though. So that gonna be coming out of his paycheck for a long time. I mean, that's like $45 right there. <laughs> but basically here, sir, here in Texas, the problem is if you try to charge this individual, the problem is here in Texas, we ain't faggots. So, you know, no, ain't nobody gonna throw this guy in prison. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Elements of it would be a classy misdemeanor, which would be disorderly conduct. Disorderly by conduct. Okay. However, it kind of has in there that it's on somebody else's property. It's in his own truck. He doesn't know what's going on. I'm, I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying that's what he's going to say. I can play the audio that tells a different and story the city completely. The attorney is basically going to say the elements aren't uh, on it. Agent Cordell, the copper, the policeman is trying to tell you that he doesn't care. This is, this is the copper's way of saying to you, I don't care. <laughs> did he did he discharge a round? Do you have a bullet hole in you somewhere? Did he aim the gun at you? Was it outside of his property? If the answer to no, if the answer is no to all of the above, fuck off. <laughs> That's the cop way of saying it, the nice way of saying it. The nice way of saying, I don't give a fuck. So please don't call us again over this. He is basically going to say the elements aren't that on it. We're not going to be able to charge this guy. We're not going to be able to charge this guy. The Cartnarks blurred out the information on the truck because no matter the offence, we do not wish to destroy the business's reputation, whether the lazy bones in this video owns it or not. So there you go. And a little bit of... A little bit of chivalry at the end there for the car knives because I think there was a bit of controversy. I think they put this video out without it being edited before and a whole bunch of narcoteers were then calling the business and you know reporting the business and stuff, which is not part of the deal. That's not part of the equation here. You're a cart narc. Your jurisdiction ends in the parking lot, right? So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to see the Cartnarks get infused with like fucking SJW cancel culture shit. Please don't start doing that. Please don't. So the Cartnarks were very quick to like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 don't fucking harass the business. We you know, we leave our business out there in the parking lot. That's where we end. Don't go fucking calling people up. Don't go harassing people, right? Don't fucking ruin it. Don't ruin a good thing, you internet fucks." Honestly, don't turn, don't turn this into another one of your little fucking cancerous little things. Oh my god, a white man was brandishing a weapon. Let's let's call the business. Let's get the business report. Please don't do that. Don't do that. 
Don't fucking ruin every good thing that we have. Please. Just chill the fuck out. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to refresh my beverage. We'll take a quick five-minute break. And when we return, we're going to answer some very, very, very important questions, such as, help, my partner says I'm being creepy when I peer into uh, people's homes, and help, my aunt says it's a choice to be offended by racial slurs. So let's figure out, let's grow together when we come back after the break here on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Stick around. and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. My name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. I, I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. <laughs> you have to ruin my evening. Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do this. without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian oh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly guy. love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Aloha and welcome to Pirate Radio, Ladies of Liberty, the hot seat. Or maybe this is my daily traffic report. I don't know. As you can tell, I, I seem to have a problem with commitment to one type of platform. I, I think doctors refer to that as uh, ADD. Uh, but anyways, if you want to follow any of those shows, you want to catch me live every single day of the week, you can follow me at Real Person Politics. That's Real Person P-L-T-C-S. Aloha. Another ain't no rest for the wicked Until we close our eyes for good
night. Join my good self, UK Neil, over at DLive for the Great Awakening Show. That's over on DLive at DLive.tv stroke UK Neil. Get yourself out of that matrix and get over to the Great Awakening. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right about this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. What's up, my brothers? What's up, thug? Looks like y'all don't even have any knitted coverings for your gun. <laughs> that shit looks plain as hell. Y'all got to head on down and check out Maureen at Maureen's Handmade Goods. She'll cover up that shit right. She'll hook you up with the finest crochet gun covering you ever saw. Make that shit look hard, tight. She just don't handle guns. She can knit and crochet anything. Scarves, hats, sweaters, socks. She even be hooking up your baby mama with stuffed kids toys, blankets, and baby things. Someone in your crew got an extensive glass collection? Well, she knits beautiful pouches made with the softest merino that will not scratch, sucker. You can bet on that shit. You dealing with Maureen, you dealing with a real one. She's an esteemed test knitter for exclusive designers. She ain't just some amateur. She was a finalist in Sock Madness. What, you never heard of Sock Madness? The time-speed sock knitting competition? She almost took that shit down. Maureen also be on that culturally diverse shit. Need a yarmulke? Need a prayer mat? Maureen's got you covered. So come on down, check out Maureen's handmade goods. Otherwise, me and some of my associates may have to come pay you a visit. <laughs> the Great Irrational Times, ladies and gentlemen, coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I will be getting out just a little bit earlier. I'll try to get out like 15 minutes early or something tonight so I can take a little breather before we destroy these women tonight on Irrational Times' program. Chataboot. Chataboot. With Irrational Times and the lovely assistant, myself, Phil D'Angelo, Coffee Talk with Sandra and Doc Martin from the Speak Easy. We're going to destroy them chicks. Fuck yeah, bro. So looking forward to that. That's 8 p.m. tonight, Irrational Times. Um, all right, let's get into this, shall we? I want to cover a bit of this. I want to, I want to show you some things. So this is one of my favorite publications, that being Slate. And they have this section on Slate. <clears throat> it's called Dear Prudence, where people write in and ask for advice on life's problems. As you know, living through coronavirus, living through COVID-19, the pandemic, the epidemic, ladies and gentlemen, we're all facing problems. Everybody's got problems, but who's going to listen to them? Like, who's going to care? Well, dear Prudence cares. Dear Prudence. So, with that in mind, actually, in case in case the last story has got you feeling down, just look at poor little Snowflake there. 
if if you think you've got problems in life, then just remember poor little Snowflake. Remember what Snowflake is going through, being abandoned at home by Ted Cruz while Ted Cruz gallivants around in Mexico with his daughters. Poor little Snowflake is being left home alone in the multi-million dollar mansion, being tended to by his own personal security guard. I mean, poor little Snowflake. It's fair enough. It's fair enough that people got outraged, don't you think? Everybody hurts. Yep. Sometimes. They do. Poor little snowflake. It's not okay. Think about snowflake. How about this? How about this fucking idiot's problem? Help! My partner says I'm being creepy when I peer into people's homes. I already like this. You know why? Because it's not help. I'm peering into people's homes or help. I can't stop peering into people's homes. No, it's help. My partner says I'm being creepy when I peer into people's homes. Help me deal with my partner. <laughs> help me get my, help me to get my partner. Stop telling me I'm creepy. Winning TV with a diamond. Uh, is Yed relayed to garbage pale Alice the dog abuse. I, I have no idea what that means. Garbage Pale Alice. Who's Garbage Pale Alice? Oh, that's JJ Stoner's girlfriend. Yeah, I know her. The one who gets the free mattresses from the alleyways. <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Could be. Exactly. Help me justify peeping on strangers. Have a listen to this. <clears throat> this. Okay. I like to walk through my town at night and briefly peer into people's windows to see their interior design. <laughs> no, I just like to see their furniture and the rug. I like to walk through my town at night and briefly peer into people's windows to see their interior design. I'm not hoping to see people per se, just domestic space. She's a space enthusiast. <laughs> creeping, creeping up to somebody's window like, climbing in a tree or getting up a ladder and peering into somebody's window and it's like I love what they did with the carpet <laughs> I you know I really love that they put that tall boy there on that side of the room look at all the space they've opened up isn't it wonderful look 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 I, I look a 19 year old girl is laying there playing with her gash who cares look at the bedspread where the hell did she find those pillow covers <laughs> I'm not hoping to see people per se, just domestic space. It's a comforting quasi-social experience in a completely isolated time. If I make eye contact with a person, this is my favourite line, if I make eye contact with a person, I immediately look away and keep moving. <laughs> oh, that, that makes it seem so much more normal. Good for you. <laughs> If, the per if, if I make eye contact with the person, I look to the ground and scurry away because I haven't done anything wrong. Oh. Ah, yeah. It's good logic there. For additional context, this person adds, I am a woman. Ah, so you, you don't have to be so upset now because it's not a man. It's not that bad. It's, she's a woman, so it's okay. All right. Exactly. Well, carry on then. <laughs> the problem is my partner gets very upset when I do this when I'm with them. 
So when she's with her partner, she will break off, I guess, break off from the walking route on the sidewalk and just, you know, make a beeline for somebody's big fucking floor to ceiling window and start peering in. What are you doing, honey? I'm just looking at the space that they've created in the living room. Right. Can you please stop doing that? It's kind of creepy. <gasps> How dare you? How dare you say this to me? I'm going to write a letter about it to Slate. Help me deal with my partner. My partner says it's creepy. Help me stop them from saying it. <laughs> Problem is my partner gets very upset when I do this when I'm with them. They're convinced we are making people feel unsafe and are going to have the police called one day. I've never received any indication of this, although one time months ago, someone did step outside the house and ask me to move along. Am I doing anything intrinsically wrong? <laughs> if you have to ask whether peering, if you have to ask whether being a peeping Tom is wrong or not. <laughs> Don't you love people's problems? All right. And now this is the answer. This is the advice that they get, which is always good. You have, I think, received one fairly clear indicator that people felt at the very least uncomfortable by this habit since you yourself say that someone came out of their house to ask you to keep walking and stop staring into their living room. The fact that you were there long enough for someone to notice what you were doing, decide to object to it, then step outside to speak to you suggests that this isn't an errant glance through an open window to admire someone's wallpaper. I can't believe Slate is actually going to get one right. And of course, you know, it makes your partner very uncomfortable when you do it while you're together. I don't know how likely it is that someone will ever call the police on the strength of your staring or what, if anything, the police might do in response, but I think you have a I think you have plenty of inducement to scale back already. <laughs> even even when people's even when the person's habit is peering through strangers' fucking windows, right? Even when that's their habit, we still can't tell them. We still can't come out and say, "Stop doing it, you fucking loon! Stop doing it, you creepy fucking asshole!" We're not allowed to say we don't want to be offensive, you know. We have to say, I think you've got plenty of inducement to scale back. Scale back? What do you mean by scale back? So what? I, okay, so I tell you what, honey, I'm scaling back. From now on, I'm only going to peer into bedrooms on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I hope you understand the sacrifice I'm making for our relationship. How generous of her. That's not to say I think it's intrinsically wrong to want to look through an open window on a walk, but the context clues suggest you're lingering to uh, you're lingering. Keep your glances momentary and don't stop and stare. People can't intuit your intentions if you're standing in their driveway googling at them. If you want to look at other people's interior design choices for more than a few seconds, pick up a copy of Architectural Digest. <laughs> Or look online. If you're feeling isolated, she's walking with her partner. She's not isolated. If you're feeling isolated, 
call a friend or speak to one of your neighbours when you're out on your next walk. Go speak to one of the neighbours and ask them if that you can, you know, walk around with your tongue hanging out in their living room. Fucking fantastic. Help, my partner says I'm being creepy when I peer into people's homes. And and Dear Prudence says, buy a copy of Architectural Digest. <laughs> I love 2021. I do. I really love it. Help! Help! My aunt says it's a choice to be offended by racial slurs. My aunt, my father's sister and I, have had a fairly acrimonious relationship since I was in my teens, mostly because of her dislike of my mother. Fast forward to Christmas of this year when I texted my aunt and her husband to thank them for some cookies they sent me. We're off to a good start. Coffee Talk Sandra with a diamond 39-minute warning. Oh, don't worry. You need to be making the most of your last 39 minutes on planet Earth, my dear, before you're completely destroyed. I wouldn't be wasting them here. As you can see here, we're having a hell of a time. You're the one that needs to be going out and, you know, jumping out of a plane or eating a lot of ice cream or having sex or doing something to mark the end of the world because tonight, for you, I'm afraid the world comes to an end. So she's getting cookies from her aunt, her favourite aunt, which is very nice of the aunt to bring us some cookies. We started talking again, exchanging memes and discussing our shared love of photography. Winning TV with the diamond, Sandra, bring tissues. There's a lot of trash talk in the diamonds tonight. We started talking again, exchanging memes and discussing our shared love of photography in what I hoped was a fresh start. Talk turned to politics eventually. Uh-oh, this is where it always goes bad at the family reunions, isn't it? Huh? Once politics starts getting discussed in the pages of, you know, publications like Salon or Slate or the Washington Post or the New York Times, this is generally when personal relationships begin to break down. <laughs> Especially over things like Christmas. Talk turned to politics eventually because we both believed our politics aligned somewhat. Me more as a leftist and her as a liberals. Okay, so the person writing this is a leftist. Self-described. And the aunt that she's with, although, you know, appearing to be on the same side at a glance, like, like you may glance through the open window of a stranger's home while you're on a walk, although they appear to be on the same side, they're actually at odds on many things. One is a communist and one is a filthy corporate Democrat. <laughs> However, when I mentioned that I was happy to see white people experience consequences when they used slurs such as the N-word, well, N-word isn't a slur. <laughs> the power that this word has to turn, to turn, you know, adults into children. Don't say the N-word. It's like the F-word and the C-word and the S-word. Right? While I'm happy to see white people experience consequences when they used slurred words, I mean, it's like it's the equivalent of, you know, somebody washing your mouth out with soap. This is the way that liberals treat you and your relationship to language, like a parent washing your mouth out after you say a naughty word. If you say the N-word, there will be consequences, little Timmy. Right? She said it was a choice to be offended by slurs like that, and how people needed to get over it. Oh. 
She even spelled it out. Also, she did the N-I-G-G-E-R word. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she even spelled it out. <laughs> because you all treat each other and everybody else like children. That's why. I was totally bewildered. We are both white women. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> we are both white women. I told her it was inappropriate and racist for her to write or say that word. She can t- imagine being imagine being friends with somebody who, in private conversation, I mean, these are these maybe well to be fair, they're not friends, are they? They're related. But imagine having a family member who, if in private conversation, you know, you're relaxed, you're kicking back. Right? You're not worried about what's going to offend anybody or anything. You have a deep connection with this person. So you're just fucking talking shit, da 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 who cares, right? Say whatever you want in those kinds of scenarios. Imagine being related to or having a friend like that where, you know, they'll 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 interrupt you. They'll they'll pause the conversation and say, Look, excuse me, we're both white here, and I think it's really inappropriate for you to say that word. <sighs> oh, Gives me that chill down the back of my neck again. It's very creepy. That's more That's more creepy than staring in somebody's window. <laughs> Having somebody do that to you. Like, if you did that to me and we were friends, I couldn't be friends. I, I wouldn't say I'd stop being friends with you, but the friendship would change from my end. Like, it would become very utilitarian at that point. Hey, how you going? Good. How's your wife? Good. Great. Been doing anything? Nah, not really, man. All right, catch you later. That's that's where it'll end. There'll be no more like, you know, sort of catching up over drinks and letting loose and telling stories and that kind of shit. Because you're just too anal retentive for me. <laughs> I can't have I can't have that energy around me in life. The kind of people who get really upset over words. I just don't want you around. Because chances are at some point I'm going to say it. <laughs> over and over again. So, you know, buyer beware. She even spelled it out. We are both white women. I told her it was inappropriate and racist for her to write or say that word. She continued to use it, saying she should be able to because it's, quote, just a word. Remember, this is the liberal, not the leftist. I went on, I went on to provide her with multiple sources about why it was offensive and racist. Ah, oh, God. Multiple sources? Look, you keep referring to this word. I want to remain friends with you. You keep referring to this word, but I think because you keep saying it, here is a number of sources. Look, I have one from the Huffington Post, why the N-word makes me very sad. Here's one from Axios. When people use the N-word, it actually perpetuates oppression. Can you see what I'm giving you? This is evidence. We call these facts. Facts. I have many sources here. She then said how I was, quote, looking for reasons to have contempt with her. I like this fucking aunt. I like her. I would have a drink with her. And how she and the family, she's a liberal. Like, the person described the aunt who keeps saying the N-word over and over as a liberal. (laughs) What are you getting upset about? I should be able to say it. It's just a fucking word. Fuck you. So she's a liberal. She sounds like a barrel of luck. See, these are the kinds of liberals we need to promote, ladies and gentlemen. They're not all leftists. This went on until I eventually stopped responding. However, she's texted me every day this past week. I hope she texts her and it just says, like, in big letters, nigger. 
told you I would say it eventually. I'm sorry. <laughs> just in just in all caps. Sup, sup, Nigs. <laughs> why, why, why are you not returning my calls, nigga? Just fucking keep hitting her with the word constantly. <laughs> Fucker. Because you know, if somebody gets really upset about something, it's hard to resist just poking them a little bit. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't begrudge her that pleasure. I went on to provide her with multiple sources about why it was offensive for Grace's. She then said, I was looking for reasons to have contempt for her and how she and the family have never understood why I've always hated her. <laughs> this went on until maybe it's because she keeps saying the N-word all the time. This went on until I eventually stopped responding. However, she's texted me every day this past week, trying to talk again like nothing's happened. It's almost like she's not hung up on a word that somebody else is supposed to find offensive and you are doing it on their behalf in private conversations. Weird, huh? How strange. So how do I address the obvious racism with someone who thinks she's, quote, the most accepting and multicultural person in our family? You know what? This person sounds like a very, very normal person. I grew up, these fucking white upper middle class lefty types have this in droves. I personally, I've been called a racist and a Nazi by these kinds of people. The university educated white upper middle class fucking bold frame glasses. You know the types, right? Who went to private schools, who lived in like, you know, uh, leafy suburbs with other white people. They're the ones who give you the most lectures. I grew up with a whole, most of my friends were not white growing up just because of the area I lived in, right? And the thing is calling each other, telling racist jokes and calling each other names when you grow up in that environment is the norm. That's the norm. So yeah, if if she says the N word and just kind of flippantly throws it around and says, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with anybody. We all get on well. You're the one with the problem because you probably didn't have that experience growing up. So they're the ones who like there's nobody around who's actually offended. They're getting offended on behalf of some unknown group of people who they haven't really mixed with because they've grown up in their very privileged upper middle class white lifestyle. They're the ones who get uh, offended on their behalf. But if you actually grow up with like people from all different places, you know, it's like, hey, fuck off your curry munching. Hey, you black fuck. Hey, you white fucking piece of shit. That's what, that's what you talk to each other like. <laughs> These people have no idea just how detached from actual on the ground reality they are. They are on another planet. They have no idea. So this aunt, this liberal aunt, sounds like a very normal person. <laughs> For one, and secondly, always makes herself out to be the victim when I disagree with her on anything. Well, you know, she is also a white woman. So. Here's the answer from Dear Prudence. The line about you've been looking for reasons to have contempt for me puts me slightly in mind with the vanishing cousin letter where the letter writer seems to think Amy whimsically decided to end all contact with her family of origin merely because they reacted badly to a single haircut once. And actually, we're going to do haircuts after this. You won't believe the haircut story I have for you. It's amazing. 
As in your case, what seems to be the likely explanation is that the person being singled out for making waves by objecting to homophobia or racism is repeatedly dismissed, such that further conversation becomes impossible, at which point the singled out person is scapegoated as being difficult, recalcitrant, obstinate and unreasonable. Yes. Again, if you're having a private conversation with me in a very relaxed atmosphere and, you know, I might say a joke or something with an offensive word in it, thinking that we're very, you know, familiar with each other and this is a private conversation and you start telling me, look, here are all of these sources that suggest your word is offensive to people and problematic and you shouldn't be using it, <laughs> I will call you things like difficult, recalcitrant, obstinate, and unreasonable. I will. That's what I'll be thinking. I may just call you a cunt. I may just call you a cunt. But I'll be thinking those things. Very normal reaction. It's just a word or it's just a haircut. You know already I think that you were right to object to your aunt's repeated use of the N-word. It's straightforwardly racist and straightforwardly wrong. Good, it's just just saying the word when you're white is straightforwardly racist. Thank you. <laughs> and all the attempted sleight of hand in the world on her part doesn't change that reality. They're deciding reality for you. <laughs> I can love these people. If you say it's racist to use the N-word and you need to stop, and her response is, actually, I'm the most multicultural person in this family, she has not meaningfully responded to you. Continue to acknowledge reality and continue to refuse her dodge. I'm not going to talk about TV or cute memes while you continually assert your right to use racial slurs. It's not a right, it's a choice! <laughs> she keeps trying to assert her right to say things, then put her in her place and tell her it's not a right. She's making a choice. <laughs> wow. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a right. It's a choice. My aunt says it's a choice to be offended by racial slurs. Dear Prudence says, you don't have a right to. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. I promised you haircut. Maybe I undersold it a little bit because it's so much more. What if I told you that the next forefront of, you know, I think we can all agree on this show and in the chat as well. We're all in favor of racial justice, right? We're all on the same page with that. Yeah. Press one in the chat. If you are in favor of racial, uh, racial justice, press two in the chat. If you believe in racial justice, there are those your only two options. I notice nobody in the chat putting one or two. <laughs> you have to put one of them. Let's just all assume that you're all one or two. So. The new everyone's like, no, people are putting threes down, four. Okay. You're ruining it now. I'm trying to I'm trying to show anybody who would be watching this now after that last segment, right? 
I'm trying to show anybody who would be watching this and trying to flag it as potentially problematic that we're not a bunch of racists. And you just, you guys just go and ruin it. <laughs> I mean, come on, play along here. I even gave you a foolproof system. One or two, they both mean the same thing. Let's vote. Let's have some fake voting going on. But you had to go and ruin it. You couldn't carry the gag. This is why I hate all of you. Thank you for joining us. I love you. Look, look. <laughs> that ship sailed years ago, books. <laughs> Come on. It's not that bad. Look, so there is the new... We're all in favour of racial justice here on the show. That was all just a joke, by the way, what we did there. They were in on it. I personally emailed every member of the audience and I said to them, "Don't." when I ask this question, don't answer one or two. Give me crazy answers. Because it's very spontaneous here on this program. I'll take 12. 12 is good. It's both one and two. All right. So the new forefront of racial justice, ladies and gentlemen, and in my opinion, it can't come soon enough. Let's join the fight. Let's join the struggle. Raise the black fist and get what we get. God damn it. If black lives mattered then you would feel inclined to be educated on how to do black hair. It's <laughs> The fight for racial justice continues. I became aware that the BLM movement, like the Black Power movement, the racial justice movement, I became acutely aware that it had become a meme of itself earlier this week. When I think it was Adonis Paul, Adonis Paul tweeted out a snapshot from Huffington Post. A guy was putting out a breakfast cereal, like a Black Power breakfast cereal and the the cereal is in the shape of like little fists, little black power fists. And it was called like cereal for the culture. <laughs> and I sent that to a couple of friends and I said, look, you know, because it's not a real grassroots movement for racial equality until somebody is making cereal cash. That's when it becomes real. So at that moment, I'd realized that it was over for BLM. It's over. They've jumped the shark. Uh, the movement is done and it will now have to become something else because now it's a meme of itself. Now it's a parody of itself. And here we have, ladies and gentlemen, from the CBC, the good, our good Canadian friends in cold Australia. Yes, I bring you the next frontier of the fight for racial equality. If Black Lives Mattered, black lives then mattered. you would feel inclined. If, if Black Lives really mattered, then you would learn how to do my hair. I'm not joking. I'm not fucking joking. You know, if you really believe in Black Lives Matter, you would learn how to wash my hair. Hey? <laughs> you what, mate? <laughs> Come on! You know, there's a whole bunch of people out there talking about, like, deaths in custody... There's a whole bunch of people out there talking about racist policing, but let me tell you about this fucking perm. Let me tell you about this weave, bitch. 
That's the real struggle. The struggle is real. <laughs> and this this is like the taxpayer-funded media organisation in Canada, the CBC. So this is your money at work here. A little segment, being black in Canada. I mean, this, this is such a Canadian BLM problem, isn't it? Like the BLM in LA or New York, they're out there protesting because they're like, you know, my cousin got shot in the face by a racist cop. You know, my my black wife got raped by a racist cop. Fuck you. And in Canada, it's like, let's get let's get in on this movement, shall we? Let's get in on this. Hey, how come nobody can do my hair properly? <laughs> Oh my God, you don't even know what shampoo I use. Who's going to take care of the black lives here in Canada, eh? Come on now. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Canadian BLM, standing up for racial justice in the hair salon. Don't give me that shit that's got all the berries in it. I want the good stuff. You only give the good stuff to the white people. You would think if black lives mattered, you would learn how to do my hair properly. If Black Lives Mattered, then you would feel inclined to of course you would. be educated on how to do would. black hair. Yes, you would it's feel sentiments inclined. like Nike Toussaint's that inspired the textured workshops. We have three models that we're going to work on. Alicia Chowin and her team travel across Metro Vancouver, teaching stylists how to work with Afro-textured hair. From natural <laughs> hair to braidings, wigs. Chowen started the workshops in 2019, yep. shortly after realizing she was one of few able to style black women's hair while working on film and TV sets. I noticed that there was a lack of knowledge when it came to working with black hair. She says initial attempts to work with Vancouver hair schools to diversify the teachings were unsuccessful. I didn't hear anything back. And then, as we all know... There is, there's money to be made, isn't there? money to be made part of me sometimes man part of me feels like one day i'm just gonna have to like i'll go underground right if you ever come here and i'm just not doing the show and there's never been an announcement or anything just hang on hang tight because sometimes i get the feeling like i think i could do like a very progressive podcast you know act i would be i would become the progressive you know, version of Boogie Bumper. I think I could disappear for like six months or something and then come back, not make any announcements to like, you know, you guys, my audience here on this show, not have any, any, you know, account linked to anything like Boogie Bumper or the Daily Boogie or anything and just come out and we'll just completely rebrand and we'll do shit like this though. Like we'll take ordinary stories and turn them into racial outrage. We'll take ordinary stories and turn them into you know, misogynist outrage. And I think it would be very successful. I think I could pull it off. And I'm very tempted because there's money to be made. There's money to be made here. This person, this person is getting fucking government contracts now. It's incredible. Imagine, imagine this if you were a white hairdresser, right? Imagine you were a white hairdresser and Somebody comes up, your employer comes up to you and says, listen, I want to take you on a course. Oh, okay. What's the course about? It's going to teach you how to, it's going to teach you how to do the hair of black people. <laughs> I do wonder how many white hairdressers at that point would just quit. 
I, I heard rumours that they were relocating to Harlem. We need to go. I need to find a new career. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, look. We're going to be diversi- diversifying our clientele. So I want you to start learning how to do weaves and shit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I guess, I guess we better stop relying on those tips then. <laughs> No more steak dinners on Friday night, honey. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing other people's hair. Alright. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's Friday. It's Friday. I'm going to be on a Rational Times show. Speaking of Rational Times, one more promo, ladies and gentlemen. This Friday, please join us at a special time for... Ch- In about 20 minutes from now. This Friday, please join us at a special time for Chattaboot. This week, once again, it's Chicks versus Dicks. With Boogie Bumper and Phil from Winning TV versus his co-host, Doc Martin, and Sandra from Coffee Talk with Sandra. So please join us this Friday, one hour earlier than usual at 8 p.m. Eastern, because you never know what we're going to chat about. There you go. 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. With that, I think we'll end it right there for tonight. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, if you would like to do my hair and tell me about how you like to peer into people's windows, and you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Don't forget to follow our friends at Rational Times, of course. Coffee Talk with Sandra, everybody's favourite lover of French with Immerse. you got the Kimmy Show, don't forget about the Kimmy Show, at Real Person, PLTCS, uh, Joy of Pessie, Major Tom, Sunday Night Chicho, Iceman Double Four Double Three, Winning TV, Victor Show, The Victor Show, ladies and gentlemen, JJ Stoner, Royce Lopez, and anyone else I may have forgotten. Thank you for joining us. I'll be back on Monday night with another episode of The Daily Boogie. Till then, till about 20 minutes from now, I'll see you over on Irrational Times' channel, dlive.tv slash Irrational Times. Till then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.